0: If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes.
2: I've never been more pissed off at them after a win than I was after this game. I, I felt like they lost. Even though I know like it was just an important game to win, which they did. I, I walked away from this game more pissed off than I did the last two weeks.
0: Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam.
1: Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Addict post game show. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam, Matt Connor. The Chiefs are back on the right side of the wing column. They have defeated the Philadelphia Eagles in a game that I think was a little bit closer than maybe the final score would indicate, uh, but the Chiefs were able to pull away late thanks to their terrific offense. Matt Connor, Matt Verderam here with me. Let's just kind of give our initial reactions to the victory. The Chiefs are, are back to even. They're 500. Uh, Verderam, we'll kick it, kick it to you. I mean, they had to
2: win. They had to win this game. They won the game. They got help later in the day. Denver lost. Teddy Bridgewater, unfortunately, got hurt. He got a concussion. Um, so they move one game back of them, which is no big deal four weeks into the year. Chargers and Raiders play Monday nights. One of them's losing. Either you're pulling into a tie with the Chargers, or you're going to be one game back of the divisional lead. And Denver has a, a rough stretch coming up. Although well, they play Pittsburgh next week, whatever. We can step aside from that. Um, their offense, the Chiefs' offense was spectacular. They had seven drives, uh, excluding the kneel down at the end, and they had six touchdowns. You're not going to do any better than that. I don't care who you're playing, what the weather conditions are. I mean, it, it was flawless offensively, really. Other than Mahomes forcing a pick on third now, if go, we'll get to why I think he threw that ball later. Um, you couldn't ask for more. I was concerned offensively, I had any concern about the fact that Hill was amazing. Nobody else at 25 for shaving yards. Um, yeah. Now, it's hard to get that riled up about it when you're scoring 42 points and they ran for 186 yards. I mean, the Chiefs, to their credit, did a lot of really, really good things on offense. I'm not going to bang the drum on that. And looks like they might get Josh Gordon for next week. So I'm not going to go too nuts about that. If there's any negative, that was it. Otherwise, I mean, what else can you say? They were, they were great. Uh, offensively and they they roll.
1: Matt Connor, how's it feel to be a winner again?
2: I
3: mean, it feels better than losing, but yeah, like like Matt just pointed out, and we can dive into this a little bit more, but like that was like being historically efficient on offense. I mean if a team pulls that off more than once in a season, you know, we're talking like again, historically efficient. No one scores at that pace. No one completes gets seven instead of three, at least some of those times. And the game was far too competitive even at that, You know, so I think there's a lot to dissect here in a way that's concerning. Um, I, we see a lot of the trends that they say, you know, we know what to fix and, and we're going to get to it. And they're not and they haven't. And so, you know, when we get outside the Eagles and maybe a couple other games like this on the schedule, maybe the Giants, some others, you're, you're just not you're just not winning this way because you're not going to be historically this good offensively this way. So you can add Josh Gordon, you can do this or that, but um, yeah, I, the offense was an anomaly and I was hoping for better defense and it, and it wasn't, I'm not saying they're not going to be good offensively in the future. They are. And I'm very optimistic about what Josh Gordon can do here. However um, yeah. What we, you know, what we saw today is was a uh, appreciate it while you can. Cause, th- cause this was a, like a historic day for the season.
1: Yeah. And you know, look, I think we want to level set things straight from the off. You got three of the biggest Chiefs fans you can imagine here on this podcast. And we're thrilled that the Chiefs won. And it, I think, you know, if this was eight years ago, like we'd be over the moon. Right? We're two and two. We, we got a shot at the division. But it's a different era. This is a different Chiefs era, right? And I think that that's something that we as analysts have to keep in, in mind as professional fans is that, hey, listen, like, Yeah, we're glad they won. We're thrilled that they won. It's way better than the last two weeks where we were super bummed out. But this is a Super Bowl team. It has Super Bowl talent. It has a generational quarterback. It has a Hall of Fame coach. It has a Hall of Fame tight end. It has a Hall of Fame wide receiver, right? Like there are uh, incredible players on this team. And so the standard that we watch the Chiefs with is different than it ever has before and I think it's probably it's it's hard right because I know I, again like eight years ago I would have been this would have been an exciting game I would have been thrilled that the Chiefs pulled it out that they pulled it away late and if it with Matt Castle was the quarterback I could not be happier with where the Chiefs are at um, that's just not the reality of the situation so look we're going to get into our concerns because we have to do that because we owe that to you and, and we're not just going to we, we want to talk about the good and we're going to but we're not just going to sit up here and be like it's all sunshine and rainbows and the Chiefs you know yeah they're going back to the super bowl because i think i don't know that there's one of us right now that believes that uh we believe it's possible but right now quarter of the season away they're not there so let's let's look look at the good let's take a deep breath everybody uh please bring us your questions we know you are all out there in youtube land we really appreciate you checking out the stream we appreciate you uh, podcast listeners who will be checking this out later as well but the chiefs they win with offense in this game, right? Uh, we know that that is their strength. They leaned into that, and it's a little bit of a different offense than we're used to. And 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 you know, Matt mentioned that nobody other than Tyreek Hill had some big numbers. I think part of that is personnel, and part of it is is the 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 game plan of the defense. Matt Verdaram, uh, what did you see in this game from the Chiefs on offense, just in a broad sense?
2: All right. So first off, it is personnel. That's why they that's why they signed Josh Gordon because. I feel confident saying this after four weeks, Demarcus Robinson is not doing anything this year. It's just not happening. They didn't throw the ball at him once today. But Cole is not doing anything. And they brought Josh Gordon in because they're sick and tired of everybody getting singled up opposite of Tyree Kill and just doing nothing, playing and play out. So that's one thing I saw. Now, the broader sense is Philadelphia played two high safeties the entire game. They played a ton of soft zone. They begged the Chiefs to throw the ball underneath and be patient. And I give the Chiefs a lot of credit. A lot of teams, even though it's the easy thing, they don't do it because they can't be patient. The Chiefs stayed patient, and they destroyed Philadelphia. That is how you play cover two. And, And I said this last week on this podcast. If you're going to play against that type of defense, you have to run the ball. And I know people don't want to hear that, especially analytics people. They just want to throw the ball 75 times a game. You have to be able to run against light boxes and blow teams off the ball and put yourselves in second and short and third and short. And the Chiefs did that the entire game. They ran tremendously. Clyde edwards another 100-yard game. I believe they ran for 6.9 yards in an attempt as a team. They blew Philadelphia off the ball. And while the Eagles are not a good team, that is a very good defensive line. Hargrave is one of the best defensive tackles in football. Fletcher Cox is a borderline Hall of Famer, and the Chiefs destroyed them. I mean, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey and Joe Tooney, especially, just blew them off the ball the whole game. And we're going to get into it later. When you play Buffalo, guess what? You better do the same thing. And that's a lesser defensive line. You better blow them off the ball. Because when you do it, and you get in the second and four, and you get in the third and two, it's a lot harder for a defense to just play two high safeties and sit back on it. You can't. At some point, you've got to come up and try to make a play. So I thought the Chiefs, saw what they were getting as far as a defensive look. They played it perfectly. They executed perfectly other than one drive. And the result was 42 points. And they only, they only had seven drives. Normally in a game, you get 11 or 12. They only had those drives because, A, they didn't make the Eagles punt, but they didn't punt either. Um, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure I saw this earlier. It was, the, it was the fifth game in NFL history where there were no punts, and the Chiefs are now involved in two of them. Yeah, um, like
1: a playoff game against the Colts, right?
2: Interesting, yeah. But yeah. – um, I thought it was. Other than, of course, the one pick, which we'll get to some of that later. I thought it was expertly played by Kansas City. I thought the play calling was great and the execution was great. No, you know, no holding penalties. They're very few anyway. Well done.
1: Yeah, Matt Connor. Coming into this game, we had a lot of criticism for Clyde edwards alaire and last week he looked much better. And and we, I can we we all said like he should have another good game against the Eagles. He did. 14 carries for 102 yards. Average seven point three yards per carry. Um, he also, he also had a catch, a couple catches, and one for a touchdown. Are you feeling better about Clyde edwards alaire or are, do you still need to see more on a consistent basis from the second-year player?
3: No, I I I love what Clyde's offering up right now. My entire offensive line to me are doing are responding in the early season the way I was hoping really anyone on defense would, which is figure out what's wrong, move through the, the growth curve, move through the growing pains and come out the other side better. You know, Clyde had two fumbles and like the two games before this, we were kind of questioning whether he'd be able to kind of rise up and meet the moment. He's met the moment, you know, we've seen this with the offensive line too. You know, um, you know, Matt just mentioned the interior push we got with Tooney Humphrey and Smith. This is the second straight game where that interior push was otherworldly. I mean, these guys are, are coming together, finding that chemistry, and, and really, you know, shoring themselves up into a cohesive unit. Um, and from what we're seeing, you know, like like Niang had a couple of rough moments early on in this game. Yeah. Um, and, and he rose up to meet the challenge for the, for the rest of the game, had some really great blocking there in the second half. I love what this line is doing, and they're not without their faults. They're not without their faults, especially on the bookends. There are things to improve with Orlando. There are things to improve with Lucas. But these are all young guys. They're all getting better. The guys behind them, including Daryl Williams today too, uh, I like what I'm seeing from this whole unit in terms of their ability to not, to get better, to identify what's going on and to get better. So that shows me their ceiling and what coaching is doing for them. Week after week, and we saw what, what that does to an opposing defense today, like when you can run the ball like that.
1: Yeah, the unit's gelling, right? And, and and you expect like if I'm a defensive coordinator, if I'm attacking somebody, I'm attacking Lucas Yang, right? Like that's that's first on my list when I look at this offensive line of where maybe I, can I gain an edge. Um and I think I thought he did a nice job of stepping up. Creed Humphrey, I think, gave up his did he give up a sack? Did I see that correctly? Was that the first time? Yeah, he did hard yeah.
2: bull rush them right into yeah. the home.
1: Yeah. Um, so first first time for Creed, I think, this season, he's even given up a pressure, as I recall seeing earlier in the week that um, he was doing a great job in that department. But let's talk about the receivers. So now generally, last two weeks, teams are taking – they were taking the deep ball away. They were taking Tyreek Hill away. We talked about last week, are the Chiefs going to try to find to, to, uh, ways to scheme him open? The beneficiary of these game plans against Tyreek Hill has been Travis Kelsey, who's just been going off the last couple of weeks. Not so much today, actually. Kelsey was kind of taken away, not particularly impactful in the game plan, but Tyreek Hill ran rough shot over the Eagles. Matt Vertoram, how'd they get it done? Well, I mean, uh, two different points. The, the Eagles
2: went in a very aggressive manner and, and guarded Tyreek Hill with a linebacker, which was um, an interesting choice. But no, I think, look, when you're playing that kind of zone coverage, which the Eagles were playing, they play more zone than anybody in the NFL. So this is not a total shock. I'm sure that she's prepared for it. That's what they got. When you do that, there's going to be holes in the defense, and it becomes incumbent upon your defensive line to get home. They they got a little bit of pressure, but they only hit Mahomes four times in the game. I mean, he was upright. And when he was, he didn't miss. And he only threw, what, six incompletions the whole game? I mean, five? I mean, it was not many. So I think it's a game where if you have Hill going in and out of these little holes in the zone, you're going you're gonna to find him. And I think, you know, sometimes teams will bracket. You know, you'd have to watch the, the coaching tape. But my guess is, just from my initial watch, they bracketed Kelsey. And we're hoping that guys like Slay and Stephen Nelson, former friend of the, the, uh, the Chiefs there, could, could take him away. They couldn't. And this is, look, this is not a shock. It seems like every week, one of those guys goes berserk. And then the next week, that guy gets taken away and the other guy goes crazy. Like, I would expect Buffalo next week to try to do everything it possibly can to to bracket Tyreek Hill and Kelsey to go for 150 yards. Because that's just what happens. Now, last year in the AFC title game, they both went nuts. So, and, and, And in week six, when they saw each other last year, the Chiefs ran the ball for 250 yards. So it'll be interesting to see how they attack. Again, we'll get to that game in a little bit, but I think a lot of it was just comes down to the matchups. Mahomes is great at reading pre-snap and knowing where to go with the ball. The last, the big touchdown at the end there, that was just a case of, I think the Eagles thought the Chiefs were going to go short yardage, try to pick up first down. And Mahomes just realized he's one-on-one with a safety. I'm just going to whale this thing. Easiest touchdown I'll ever throw.
1: I said that to my wife. I said, got to be one of the easiest touchdowns of of Mahomes' career. No doubt. Great great, great little move by Hill, but you you, you can't teach speed. Um, If you're out there watching on YouTube, a a lot of you are. uh, If you're watching and you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, what are you waiting for? Please hit the subscribe button. It really helps us out. If you're out there watching, it gets the word out and gets more people and more resources into this show. So thank you so much. I see a lot of questions about the defense, and we're going to get to that. I just want to talk one more minute. About the offense, we have a question from uh, Jonathan. Why not? I'm going to kick this one to you, Matt Connor. Are the Chiefs being more methodical on offense out of a lack of big plays, or are they taking their time more because they want to keep the defense off the field? Keeping the defense off the field seems like a good idea. What's your What's your take on that, Matt Connor? Uh,
3: I mean, I I mean, I love that idea. You know, if it, if the if the key to beating the Chiefs was uh, you know keeping Mahomes off the field, the key to the Chiefs winning is certainly keeping this defense off the field. I mean, you know, I, I they're just taking what, uh, what the defense is giving them defenses have gotten smarter to what Andy Reed and those guys are trying to do. And, you know, if uh, you know, they've been preaching Mahomes' patience, they've been preaching, take what you can, you know, you don't, have, you don't have to force it. We're going to win if we just do what we do and do it well. And so I think that's what we're seeing. So, you know, I don't, I, I don't think we've lack any big playability. I don't think anyone's getting older and can't get downfield like they, like they could before. It's not like Tyreek or McCole or like suddenly slowing down or you know anything like that. It's just you know, defenses are getting smarter, but the Chiefs are figuring out um new ways to take what they get, even if that means, you know, uh depending on like a methodical drive. Look, the Chiefs scored six of seven drives besides the meal. There wasn't a single drive less than 75 yards. Like that's just yeah, that's bananas. That's bananas. <laughs>
1: it's incredible. Yeah, and and look. 32 rushes for the chiefs they actually ran the ball two more times than they threw the ball and they have patrick mahomes and that's what they needed to do 32 rushes 200 yards and 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 a hat tip to daryl williams who stepped in and was very effective in the 10 opportunities that he got, 10 carries for 42 yards and a touchdown. And the Chiefs are going to need Darrell Williams because if teams are going to keep doing this, if they're going to keep seeing these kinds of defenses, they have to make them pay on the ground. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is is not a big guy, right? You don't want to give him 30 carries in a game and run him into the ground. You want to keep both of these guys fresh. This is the modern-day NFL, unless you've got Derrick Henry, of course. And um, I like the way the Chiefs are approaching it. Before we get to the defense, one last thing. Let's talk about Mahomes, Matt Verdaram, Obviously, he had the pick forcing the ball a little bit. And this is maybe a good segue into the, the defensive conversation. But he was 24 of 30 for 278 yards, 9.3 average, five touchdowns, one interception. Has to play a little bit differently these last few games. What did you see out of uh, the future GOAT?
2: Yeah, I'd say it's a pretty good damn segue because he threw the pick because it can't stop anyone. And so it was third and nine, and he pretty much probably figured, F it. I'm going to whale well the ball in here because we don't score. We're just going to give up points. And so it's going to just be back to, back to the square. Now, the Chiefs defense ended up holding and giving up three on that possession. But I think that's all it was. Like, if you look at, I think that, so that pick was on third down against the Chargers on that third and nine at the end of the game. He threw it on a third down scramble drill. Against Baltimore, is on a third down as he was going down. Now, I would argue like, all three of those picks are unacceptable. Like, you cannot throw those balls. But I also understand it. Like, I'm not here to defend Mahomes and just take away criticism because you know what? He can't throw those picks. Okay? They're bad decisions. He knows damn well they're bad decisions. That being said, I totally understand why he's throwing those balls. He just knows if they don't score every time they have the ball, they're in trouble. And so I get it. Like, I totally understand. And the other pick he had this year was one that should have been a, a, a touchdown. I mean, went off Marcus Kemp's hands. It wasn't the greatest throw in the world. We talked about it last week, but it should have been caught. That said, like, Mahomes was spectacular in the game. I mean, he made every throw he needed to make, sidearm stuff, deep stuff, short stuff. Under, I mean, he just – and I think it gets undervalued sometimes when a guy just does what he needs to do in the sense of, like, they want to be explosive. They want to be aggressive. It takes a lot of maturity to do what they did today and just say, fine. If you're going to play two high safeties, we're going to kill you on these long 75-yard 12-play drives. We'll do it. And the Eagles let them do it. If the, if, they, if the Eagles could have backed up into the fifth row of the stands, they would have done it. I mean, the Eagles just did not want to get aggressive. They never did. And it killed them. They gave them 42 points. So I give Mahomes a lot of credit. Um I thought he played very, very well.
1: Yeah, he did. And you're, look, he's never going to stop growing, right? As great as he is, he's he's still at the very beginning of his career, and he hasn't seen it all yet, you know. And and a guy like Tom Brady, who's out there, who we'll see in a little, uh, a few minutes, he's always just been so great at taking what the defense gives him, knowing exactly where to go with the ball. And Mahomes has such freakish ability that you don't you don't blame him for wanting to just attack teams especially the way he started his career throwing 50 touchdowns winning the mvp and this is good the way that the chiefs are are, are, are being played uh, with opposing defenses is good because i think it's going to make mahomes a better quarterback and that should scare the crap out of the rest of the nfl and one underrated thing about mahomes is his legs right i, I mean he, he so he's got in this game five carries for 26 yards Right. No touchdowns. You're going to look at that in the box score if you didn't watch the game and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, Mahomes scrambled a couple of times. Key scrambles for first downs and he does it all the time. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he's using his head. He's smart and he extends plays. And that's that's so important because when the defense does everything right, he can just burn them and go and get a first down. And that that's huge for the Chiefs. All right, let's get in. To the talk on the defense. Time to take the gloves off, everybody. All right. The defense. This is what I all I wrote in the outline. Normally, I have little bullet points for us to talk about. Let's talk about this player. Let's talk about this player. Here's a question we should go over. We're going to take your questions. The only bullet I have is the defense is a train wreck. Can't cover. Can't stop the run. Can't tackle. I don't know what else to say about him. Matt Connor, I'm going to give you the honors to, to tee off first, I want to let Matt Vertoram simmer for just a little bit longer so we get a nice little uh, boil, boil over. He's going <laughs> to yeah, boil
3: it's gonna, over. going I really it's gonna, am. Be I've great. been waiting this whole, this whole podcast <laughs> I, this
1: month. Yeah, yeah. That Connor, mean, think, Lee. take the lead.
3: I mean, I think you missed some cants on that. Can't line up correctly. Can't communicate. Can't get to the passer. You know, like, I, you know, I, I think we have a missing persons report on half the people we thought were going to be effective on this defense before the season. Um, I, I don't know what to think about any level of this defense at all. You know, I, I want to bang the drum for Juan Thornhill to play more. And then I know what to think. there's missed tackles, I, y- y- you know? Uh, yeah. So, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a real headache. It's embarrassing. Earlier we were talking about, you know, Mahomes forcing the throws and, you know, Matt, Matt said, it's not acceptable, but there's a part of me that wants to be, even defend that and say, man, when, you know, when your opponent is averaging a first down every time they hike the damn ball, like, like what power do you feel in, you know, I I guess I understand. I mean, I know that Matt said that too. I understand. I understand why he does this stuff. And so, you know, that it's embarrassing on that side of the ball. I don't know how many times I can listen to Steve Spagnolo look at a camera and say, hey, we know what we need to fix and we're going to get to fixing it this week. And I mean, it, like, how many times can you go and internally tweak some things without a need for external personnel something going on? Uh, but there's a reckoning coming here, and it may just happen in prime time next week. I'm, I'm not sure what to think, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let Matt boil over now.
1: Go ahead, Matt.
2: No, I, I, Look, the succinct version of this, they suck, is the succinct version. Now, here's the actual analysis of it. They sat in a soft zone most of this game. They didn't guard flat. They they didn't guard the middle of the field well. And I I will always, well, I have I should say, well, I, have, I won't always. I have defended Spagnol a lot. And anyone who thinks he should be fired is out of their minds. Okay, I'm not. We're not going there. That's dumb. That right. that shock jock crap. Okay, he should not be fired. He's an excellent defensive coordinator. But I had a major problem with the way they played. And they played like that. I'm sure because of the speed on the outside for Philadelphia. Okay, but. I disagree with it because the Eagles were missing four of their five offensive linemen, their starting offensive linemen. If you're the Chiefs, you get up on on them in man coverage, you press their ass at the line of scrimmage, and you force Hurts to hold the ball. By playing soft zone, he could just sit back there and just get rid of it immediately, which is what he did most of the game. And you know what? It wasn't like you were coming up and making tackles real quick like you're supposed to in zone because they missed a million tackles. So plays that should, in theory, go for three or four yards are going for twelve and thirteen yards. Now the back half of that co- that that comment is obviously not about Spagnuolo. He's not out there missing tackles. And for the crowd, and I'm one of them who's been screaming for Juan Thornhill. Not a great day today. Missed a ton of tackles. There were two tackles in particular. He had the guy lined up and squared, and he didn't touch him. I mean, he can play. And for everyone who says, "Well, that's what Dan Sorensen does," yeah, but Dan Sorensen's the starter, so Thornhill's got to play better than him or he's not going to get on the field. And I don't blame Spagnuolo. You've got to make a tackle, man. Like, I don't care how fast you are, tackle somebody. So that's one thing. Another thing in this game, and I get there without Ward, and there without Fent. Well, they need him back because Baker stunk, and Hughes has stunk all year long outside of one pick on a ball that had no juice on it from Baker Mayfield. Okay? They need a corner in the worst way, in the worst way. Sneed has been excellent this year. No issues with him at all. I can't think of one play. He's let him down their corners stink outside of, of Sneed. And frankly, that's probably another reason we saw a lot of soft zone. But to me, it's just it's death playing like that with this team. They're not fast enough. They can't run underneath. They can't close gaps. Nick Bolton might as well be me in pass coverage. He can't run. He is a sledgehammer downhill. So I hate when people come on these kinds of shows or podcasts and they just they bitch and bitch and bitch, but they don't have an answer. Here's what I would do. I don't know if it would work, but here's what I would do. I would move Jones back inside. I've seen four games. I've seen enough. Move him back inside. When Clark comes back, and I think he'll probably come back this week. He practiced all this past week. He just didn't play. I would put him outside. I would, I would kick Jones inside. I would bench Jerron Reed. Do we know is Jerron Reed alive? Has anyone seen Jerron Reed? Is he on a milk carton? Have we put out an all-points bulletin for Jerron Reed? Have his parents called? Concerned? I mean, has anyone seen Jerron Reed? I would I would nail him to the bench after this. I would then put Mike Dana in the starting lineup. Not because he had two sacks today, but because he's relentless. Like, I want that guy's motor. And by the way, he's the one defensive end they have who sets an edge. I want him on the field. So that's what I would do. I would go with Gay. The second he's healthy, I would go with him. And I'll tell you right now, i take Nick Bolton off the field on any third down that matters. And I would take him off and I would put Gay in there on first and second down for Ben Neiman. And then in the secondary, I would play Juan Thornhill over Sorensen. I would play Fenton a ton in the slot. I'd play Ward on the outside when he gets back healthy. And I'd pray to God that's enough because I don't know what else you can do. I, I mean, other than, other than if you wanted to sit there and say, look, scheme, blitz them more, fine. But in terms of their personnel, that's what I do. And the last thing I'll say is, how many more weeks of this shit where they can't get lined up correctly? Yeah. How long is this gonna go on for? You've been the coordinator for three years. Figure it out. Get them lined up correctly. This is nuts.
1: The the play that drove me to the edge was the nullified touchdown the Eagles got when Dan Sorensen was bear hugging Dallas Goddard before he caught the yeah. ball. Yeah. All right. Bear hugging him. He caught the ball anyway. So so let's let's be clear. Sorensen's cheating right? He's committing pass interference, still gives up the catch, lets Goddard go. Goddard starts going for the end zone, so then Sorensen grabs the back of his helmet and is committing a face mask penalty and trying to rip his head off so that he can't fall into the end zone, and he still gets into the end zone. Like, this defense can't even cheat right. They cheated twice on one play and still would have given up a touchdown if it didn't get nullified. It's absurd. They stink. Like, they really,
2: they are horrific. And you know what? Like, I get it. And look, if you're happy they won the game today, you should be. They won the game. They got out healthy, as far as we know. Like, absolutely. Right now, it's about winning the game. But I'm going to tell you something right here. And I don't care how great this offense is. If this defense is this bad, they're not winning anything in January because you're going to play somebody who, guess what? They can stop you once or twice. And that's the end of the game. And when they play Buffalo on Sunday night, I gotta be honest. I hate to say this. It's bad radio, bad podcast. I don't know what the hell to expect. I could see the Chiefs going in there and finally figuring it out and confusing Allen as they've done in the past and and winning the game going away. I could also see a game where they get beat forty five to twenty. <laughs> Any anything is implied.
1: Yeah. And, and we got a message from, uh, from our guy Cheeto Freak who says, I refuse to admit we even have a defense. So I'm not worried about our defense, which is a very, is very clever. Um, our guy Stacey Smith, uh, former Addict contributor, great guy. You should check out his, uh, his latest album. The name escapes me, but it's out. So find him on Twitter. Um, on a scale of one to 10, how encouraged are you by the play of Mike Dana? Note he's currently Kansas City's sack leader with three, three. or yep. four games in. Um and also, like like let's be honest here, and I'm gonna throw this one to to Matt Connor. This Eagles offensive line was patchwork. They should yep. not this like this should not have been a struggle and Hertz had all day. So on a scale of one to ten, Matt Connor, how encouraged are you by Mike Dana?
3: I mean, if, is it uh is a relative? I'm encouraged uh you know i'm i'm a 10 on Mike Dana cuz he's a former 5th round pick that yeah. that wasn't even on the draft boards for most draft analysts right i mean the guy was even when we took him you know even like guys who bleed chiefs draft all year long were like uh didn't see that one coming you know so um you know they said when they got him that he's a sponge they loved his coachability his his reputation coming out of michigan was that he can do anything you ask him to do and apply it pretty much immediately and the chiefs are seeing that he proved himself capable of playing six, like what he played in 13 games. I think last year, he was, uh, he was, he, he earned rotational minutes. Now he's playing basically starters minutes while Frank Clark's out showing himself to be uh, good. He's part of the reason why I'm a little, I'm a little bit more hopeful than, than Matt is my friend. And, and uh, I, I, you know, I still think this defense has a lot of young guys. They're not putting it together. That's their job and the job of the coaches. I'm I'm watching the same train wreck as everyone else. But a guy like Dana deserves some credit standing out. I saw some hustle from Saunders today. You know, at one point we were talking about Turk Wharton as you know as like someone to to mention. I I was excited about Reed before the first quarter of the season. We haven't had Frank Clark in there. Willie Gay will make somewhat of a difference. Like you know, we're watching as bad as they're ever going to get. And so there's a part of me that thinks, man, even if they can crank it up a couple levels because a couple guys come in and you know, what I love about Brett Veach is his ability to go after a weakness and go, I'm done watching this and then just remake it in, you know, whatever format he wants. So, you know, I'm trusting even the deadline to bring something in there, but, I don't know. I think the defensive front will get better because they can't get worse. And I'm, uh, you know, Mike Dana's been a revelation. That's for sure.
2: Played well. He's played really well. Like I said, I, you have to play him more. If they cut Alex Okafor tonight, it wouldn't be a moment too soon. Like another guy who just
1: young team. Uh, uh, it's incredible. He, he's there to commit dumb penalties. That's the only thing I can remember him doing all he, season he just long.
2: Doesn't exist. Like I, it's it's literally like they're eleven on nine when him and Reed are out there. Nothing happens. And I actually thought today, if you want to highlight defense, against a run, against running backs, you have 13 yards. That Hurts did some stuff to him, But they didn't run the ball. the Eagles only ran the ball seven times with the running backs for 13 yards. And I, and I thought Dana played well. but that And I thought Sneed played well. Pretty much covers it. And, you know, look, I'm not going to exonerate the coaches on this either because one play we have not touched on. Ben Neiman actually made a great play and forces a fumble at the one-yard line. hmm Andy, throw a flag, bud. Like, how do you not, how does no one see that on their sideline? Nobody? Nobody up in the booth? Like, what is happening? How like how do you miss that? Do you imagine there was a playoff game? Like, how do you miss that? It wasn't even close. The ball was clearly out, right? Now, I will also say on the flip side, some people will talk about how the red zone defense was better. I, I disagree completely on that. Okay. They got a 50-50 call on a pass interference that took away a touchdown after they like, like a bunch of idiots. They jumped off sides on a, on a field goal attempt that you're not going to block. Just stand there and let them kick the damn thing. It's 24 yards. Also, two different times, they had a wide open guys in the end zone on two on two separate drives and they missed them. One to Ward, one to Ertz early in the game. They ended up settling for field goals on both. Okay. That easily could have been another eight points right there. Now, it is what it is. Okay. There weren't eight points, and the Chiefs should have, could have gotten a fumble recovery down there. So I think it all ended up being what it should have been. I'm just saying, it's not like I walked away from this game. Well, wow, you know, they look great in the red zone. They did They didn't look great in the red zone. They're about one notch above just grabbing everybody's hand and skipping into the end zone together. Okay. I, I, it's, It's just, it's terrible. Like it really is, and you know what? It just it feels like this. I, mean, I don't have any quantitative analysis. This. It feels so passive. It's so soft. There's no attitude. There's no aggressiveness. There's no urgency. It's like, and I do I do feel on a subconscious level there is some of that. well, we'll just score again. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally nuts. And a defensive player would say, "What are you kidding me?" Maybe I'm nuts and I'm wrong. But it just feels so passive. It's like there's not an ounce of urgency for them to ever get off the field. And it better change or they're going to get lit up on national television on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, it really felt like the only time I can remember feeling like they had any swagger at all, all season long, is maybe the first couple of drives in the Chargers game where they had been getting run on, they were coming downhill and they laid some hits and they seemed fired up. And then they went right back to sucking. Uh, It's terrible. Uh, We've got some more uh, of you guys in the chat. We really appreciate all of your questions. We're going to try to get to as many as we can. Please make sure you're subscribed. If you're watching this, hit that subscribe button. And also, hey, help us uh, circulate this video. So like, hit the little thumbs up. Give us a like there. Um, That's going to be important as well. So more people can see us melting down a little bit about the defense after a victory. Um, Some people are are asking. uh, This is actually an interesting comment from Stacey. The problem isn't scheme. The problem is dirt of talent and athleticism. You aren't correcting that in a season. I uh, The hope is that some of the young players can evolve to patch up some of these holes. I have to tend to agree when you look at the, when you look at Neiman and you look at Hitchens and you look at Sorensen, you're just missing athleticism. It's right in the middle of the heart of your defense. And it's, it's a problem and probably, you know, everybody look and Sorensen He's, he's been a great player for Kansas city. He's having a really rough year. And probably one of the reasons why Spagnuolo is insisting on throwing him out there is because at least he he plays with an edge. He plays with an attitude. He might be one of the only ones on the whole defense. I want to ask you, Matt Connor, moving Chris Jones back inside. Matt Verderham suggested that just a minute ago. And one thing I've noticed is that we're not getting any batted down balls, which Chris Jones has been great at throughout his career. Right. He's over the on, on the edge do you, do you, how much of a difference do you think it makes if Chris Jones goes back inside? And also, and someone asked in the chat as well, do you think him being on the edge is, is, is part of the problem with these communication issues?
3: Boy, that's a great question. Um, I would love to know anything that gets to the heart of that. I, uh, I think that's part of it. You know, I think any, I think some guys in new positions, I think some new faces, I mean, we shouldn't have these communication issues. That's why you have OTAs and preseason and, you know, whatever else to, and to communicate, install what you need, get some chemistry going and whatever. I, um in terms of Jones being inside, I mean, you know, to me, look, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Give me Jones straight up the middle that he's proven he can be a disruptor there. Um, I get that. He's wanted to play outside. And I also get that it's going to take time. And I mean, they've put like publicly said that, you know, Spags has publicly said, Hey, look, we're going to keep putting them out there because that's the way you learn. And the only way you learn and get better is by, is by doing that. But the chiefs may very well have wins turned into losses because they're deciding to stick with this decision. Like we're seeing the chiefs win games by very, very narrow margin. Like you just can't play with that luxury anymore. And so, you know, pretending like, Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll win enough games while we learn along the way. And then just, it'll all come together in the postseason. man. That's, that's just a, that's fool's gold. That's fool's gold. We're falling for some sort of, we've been there twice before. So we know we'll do it again, kind of thing. And other teams are ready to rise up with the kind of execution that the Chiefs are lacking. I think,
2: you know, that's a great point. And I, I think, you know, people, just assume because they've been to two straight Super Bowls, it's some birthright for this team. So go well, there from Holmes. Okay, great. They do. That's right. And, and he gives them a chance in any game they play. That is a luxury of having him. It's the ultimate luxury in a, in a sport that most games are very close. I love history. Okay. Here's the, here are the teams that have gone to three straight Super Bowls, not one of them because nobody's ever won three straight, gone to them. The 71 73 Miami Dolphins, the 90 93 Buffalo Bills. 16 to 18 New England Patriots. That's it. That's the whole list. There have been some damn good teams that have never even sniffed going to three straight. The Steel Curtain Steelers never did it. Cowboys in the 90s didn't do it. Niners in the 80s, they came real close to going to three straight. Lost the NFC title game, one, they didn't do it. Like it it is incredibly hard. I mean, think about how great the Patriots are for 20 years and did it once. Like And and they had the benefit of playing a division that was basically like the Mac for three, for, for 20 years. Okay. <laughs> this is a tough division. Now, if you said to me, who do you think is going to come out of the AFC right now? I'd kind of throw up my hands. But if you put a gun to my head, the Chiefs, because I do believe that they have talent to fix some of this stuff. I think they can fix the communication issues. I think they can fix some of the missed tackles. The biggest thing that I don't think they can fix. They just aren't, athletic. And I I don't know how. Now, with good scheme and good fundamentals, you can at least mask some of that. You can limit things. They have had awful fundamentals. They have been brutal to this point. And you're going to have to make some adjustments. Now, the the good side for the Chiefs, they don't have to be great defensively. They got to be just remotely passable. There's such a juggernaut on the offensive side of the ball that, If they're just decent, like we're talking, giving up twenty-four a game, they're going to win every night. They're never going to lose doing that. But it's becoming increasingly clear that that's a struggle. Now, I'll finish with this: Look, if you want a, a bright spot, and I do think this is not only like like pumping sunshine, but it's just the truth. Look around the league. The Rams just got their asses kicked by the Cardinals. Like, not they didn't get beaten; they got their asses kicked. Every team has its issue, but. Kansas City's issue is so insanely glaring right now. They got to fix it or at least curtail tell it to some extent.
1: Yeah. And uh, Matt, you had a little bit of computer issues there. We got most of what you were saying. You just did a little Mr. Roboto. Um, got to love a uh, live TV, a live. What, what is this? Live internet. Um, I think you're right. And I was going to point that out as well. But see, I think that's the thing actually that scares me is that, the chiefs it's like okay well if we're just passable on on defense you know the chiefs offense is always going to be so good until they're not right like they're gonna run into those games where the rams look like slam dunk they're going to the super bowl they just kick tampa's ass and what happens they go and they play the cardinals now the cardinals look like you're looking at the cardinals and you're like man who's gonna stop the cardinals i'm i have to say and matt you, you you've said it a couple times in the show the last few weeks That if you had to bet your mortgage on who was going to come out of the AFC, you would bet on the Chiefs. And I have agreed with you every single time until tonight. I do not agree with you. I do not think the Chiefs are coming out of the AFC, not based on, on based on these four games. I don't buy it. I think the Buffalo Bills are the clear favorite in the AFC right now. They've uh, they had one little weird game against Pittsburgh, who has a good defense, by the way. It was week one. We, we've said weird stuff happens in week one. And we're going to find out next week because the Chiefs are going to play the Bills. And I am I am not confident in that game at all. Not even a little bit based on and, and the Chiefs haven't given me a reason to be. Now, the question I have for the two of you, because this is the thing that has me so perplexed about this team. Why are they so bad on defense? This is not, this is not much different than the defense that we saw last year, Matt Connor. They added Jaron Reed. They should be a little bit deeper at cornerback. What, what, same defensive coordinator. What has happened? Because last year's defense was, was a very fine defense. And this defense is a disaster.
3: Yeah. I, I um, I think it comes down to a couple of things. One is the, ridiculous cap consumption of Frank Clark. You know, he's got the, I think it's what, number six or seven overall in the NFL, the highest non-quarterback cap hit of anyone in the NFL. Um, And it goes up every year for the next two years, you know? So, I mean, of course he's done after this year, but you know, the idea that, that he's, you know, he didn't just swallow all that money for the chiefs. He swallowed the the draft pick as well. That would have, like potentially been invested, which brings me to the other thing, which is we've sunk some draft picks in some weird project or like in places that are not like foundational positions to the team. So, I mean, I love Brett Veach's ability to, to unearth a late round gym, right? Trey Smith, Mike Dana. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, like, we got luxurious need at the back of the fourth round, etc. Those are all great. Those are all great things. And that's, that's how you build a contender. But, but when you get a fastball down the middle, you've got to be able to hit it. And instead we're like tossing those picks aside in trades. We've made one first round pick, you know, Clyde, I, you know, I don't want to get into the whole, like running back in the first round thing, but honestly, those things cost you. And, and, this year, the Chiefs defense looks old and slow, and that's because they don't have young impact talent guys with the burst to take care of what needs to be done, like let's say along the front line. So, you know, yeah, it, I, I think it's some draft issues. I think it's some cap mismanagement. I think, you know, we're paying the price for some things that uh, we should be better in some really key places,
2: and we're not. Matt Verder, M. All right, so hopefully, man, that signal. Hopefully, the internet signal is not a total disaster here. Um, we shall see. I mean, they're bad because they're, they're a comedy of errors right now. Like It's not one thing. It's not, oh, well, they're just slow. I mean, they are slow. That, to me, is the biggest thing. They're missing a million tackles, and their scheme's a disaster. And at some point, like all that stuff catches up with you. All those things they eventually lead to you breaking down completely. You can get away with a little bit of bad tackling if you're really athletic. And you can get away with being a little unathletic if you can tackle really well. Your, your gap sound and your, your scheme is sound. None of that's true with this team right now. None of it. Now, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the Buffalo thing. If Buffalo beats them on Sunday, then call me. And they very well might, by the way. Buffalo this year has beaten four teams. If the Chiefs played them, I guarantee you the Chiefs should be 4 and all right now. I, I have no qualm saying that. None. And if Buffalo played Kansas City schedule, I bet you they'd be two and two. So I, I don't, they've beaten Taylor Heineke, Davis Mills, Jacoby Brissett, and lost to Ben Roethlisberger. Like I'm not, I'm not ready to go down that road yet. The Chiefs played them twice last year and kicked their ass up and down the field in both games. So until the Bills even compete with Kansas City, then, and again, maybe the Bills, this is the game, maybe they score 55 points. But until they do it, I would take the Chiefs. But right now, the defense, if I'm Spags, it's one thing at a time here. Let's get the fundamentals down, tackle, be a little more aggressive, and let's get all this nonsense communication wise fixed. If they do that, I think they're already in a much better place. And that stuff is fixed.
1: Yeah. It's look, I hope you're right. You know, I hope you're right about Buffalo. And, you know, I was thinking the same thing about the Ravens. And, we saw how that game went. It was the best game the Ravens had against the Chiefs in some time. Look, I, they've, I, I hope they feel as bad about this win as we do, at least on the defensive side of the ball. And I hope that Brett, I know that Brett Veach is trying to figure out something because he's seeing what we're seeing and that they're in big trouble. Hopefully next week at Arrowhead, the Bills come into town. I, I, do you think maybe Matt Connor we get just a little bit of magic that it's just from the defense because they're amped up? It's prime time. They're hearing all the talk because like and you know we in the media we have a responsibility. I feel like we gotta let, we all let them have it this week. You know um, even if it's just a, it's a little bit of tough love from from the Arrowhead attic side of things. Do you think they get a little bit of magic against the Bills and they rise to the occasion and they make some plays, or do they get ran over?
3: Well, I mean, I think I think Josh Allen's gonna get his against this defense. I think it's gonna be a tough matchup overall. But I mean, I'm with Matt. I, I watched, you know, watching those Bills games last year, my thought coming into this year. Is same thing with the Browns and any other team that hasn't gotten it done against KC the last several years, which is, you know, hey, you can win the offseason all you want. You can earn all the critical darling status of the of the preseason media. But the reality is until you prove it on the field, it runs through KC. The way the Buffalo Bills played the Chiefs last year, there's no way I'd believe that they could beat them this year until they beat them. And uh, so, yeah, it, uh, they can win big over a fluffy schedule. You know, they did it today. They won huge. But, but um, yeah, you know, competition's everything. And and uh, by 10 next week, I,
1: I would totally take it. Last question for you, Matt Verderam, And we're going to wrap it up because the Sunday football game has started. Word on the street, the reports are that Josh Gordon is likely to play next week. He looks great. Has your opinion changed on what Josh Gordon's going to bring to the offense based on any of the reports that you've heard this week? What do you expect to see on Sunday?
2: God, can he play defense? No, listen, I, I, I spoke to a, a source Tuesday, Wednesday, mid, mid last week, mid this week, however you want to look at it, that said essentially, hey, look, If, if, you know, he's well-conditioned and he can learn the playbook, like this could be a pretty quick turnaround. Well, he looks to be in great shape. And I think as a receiver, like how hard it really is to learn the playbook, right? Like you don't have to learn every little thing. You're not an offensive lineman jumping in. Like really, it's basically, hey, man, you're running nine route. Like go get it done. I'm sure they can spoon feed that to him. I don't think he's going to be out there for 70 snaps. But I'll tell you what, I think he's going to have a big impact if he's healthy and on the field because you don't have to worry about Hardman or Robinson one-on-one. What you do with him? Because he can kill you. Like, he can not only go you know, on a slant, he can he can take one to the house. Like, that guy, that is a game changer. And I don't necessarily feel like I agree with the port's assessment this, this morning who said, it, and I, I think somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but that the Chiefs don't have a number one receiver and they're trying to find one, That that's that's quite a statement. But, um, look, he, he's going to help them. And But I think, you know, Patrick, I want to just touch on real quick what, the point you made earlier about, you know, is there going to be a little magic, whatever. I don't. I don't believe in that in this in this league. Like you're just you are what you are, you know. I, I always laugh when people talk about like and board material. Like what do you think those guys are in the huddle sitting there talking about it on third and six? You know that doesn't exist. But I do think there is something, and I've always felt there's something when you are a proud team and you're a talented one, and you have to listen all week that you suck, you suck, everything about you sucks. So you can re- when you're gonna listen to that all week, and then especially in a spot where you're gonna be at home on a, on, a, on a nationally televised game. Like if that doesn't get you juiced a little bit to come out and play your best version of, of football, I don't know what does. Now, do I think they're gonna hold Buffalo down to 10 point? No. But if that defense doesn't come out with some juice in this game, like I, I don't have to tell you. I really don't, especially if Clark and Ward are back and maybe gaze back. Like I think they I think there's look, there's motivation and fear of being embarrassed. They know that if they don't play well this week defensively, they're going to get embarrassed. Now, they may, they may even win the games. They may score 45 points, but like, they will get embarrassed. So, yeah, I would think it's a big motivator. And the funny thing is if they win, they're ahead of Buffalo. Like, that's how like, – as much as they're driving all of us nuts, like the, the Titans just lost to the Jets. Like, if Kansas City beats Buffalo, they're ahead of Buffalo, and all of a sudden you're like, all right, everything's okay. So, it's a huge game that we'll get into as the week goes on. But they, they have an opportunity to be fine, but they got to fix some of these things.
1: Yeah, they do have an opportunity to be fine with Denver losing today. We got a glimpse at how good Denver really is. Uh, it's not just good. Yeah, it's just one game, but they, to keep in mind that coming into today's game against Baltimore, Denver's opponents were zero in 10 on the season. So, it, I, look, I think Denver is a talented team. I think they're going to win some games this year, obviously, but I'm not as worried about them in the division. Really, I think the Chiefs can, I do, I do think the Chiefs can win the division. And tomorrow night, the Vegas Raiders play the Chargers. So the Chiefs are going to remain in last place, but hope, you know, maybe the Chargers will join them, uh, if the, if the Raiders manage to get a win and go to 4-0. What do you, what would you guys rather have, have happen tomorrow night? Cause you got, if, if Vegas wins, they move to 4-0. If, the Chargers win. They move to three and one. They have the tiebreaker against the Chiefs so far. Any anything off the top of your head? How you'd like to see that go?
2: I, I mean, I'd rather see the Chargers win the game. They're at home. Um, let them hold serve. Let them win the game. Get the Raiders within a game of the Chiefs, and I, I think if that happens, you're fine. You know, look, it, it's so early in the year. Like we're sitting here talking about, can they win the division? Yeah, I mean, they're overwhelming favorites in Vegas to still win that division. Like, yes, they can definitely win the division. I'm trying to pull up the, the schedule for next week. I know that next week, Denver's at Pittsburgh. Now, you want to talk about a desperate team. That's a desperate team. Now, whether they're going to win or not, I have no idea. Routesburg obviously, like throwing the ball the a broken arm. But I'd rather have the Raiders lose. And, all right, you're a game back of everybody, but so what? You play all these teams, you know, five more times. Kill me out of
1: Matt Connor, any thought?
3: Uh, I was actually going to go with the Raiders just because the Chargers already won and... I mean, I just, I don't believe in the Raiders. I believe the Raiders always start strong and then deflate by year's end. So I'm counting on that balloon to go down by itself. But um, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Someone's going to lose.
1: I'm rooting for a sinkhole to open under the stadium <laughs> to suck both teams in. And then it's just, uh, it's just the Chiefs and the Broncos. For the rest of the season. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Whether you're listening to this on the podcast version, whether you're watching out there on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button for us before you go. Please make sure you're subscribed before you go if you're on YouTube. If you're listening to us on a podcast, head on over to Apple, leave us a five star review over there. Please leave a written review and we'll answer your question on the podcast. Schedule for the week Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes will be back on Tuesday. They're going to hit you with a podcast thursday matt verdoram and i will be back we'll help preview this bills game and then uh some of us will see you again late sunday night after hopefully the chiefs assert their dominance over the buffalo bills and we're all feeling a little bit better about the defense for matt verdoram for matt connor thank you for listening and as always go chiefs